Steeped Coffee crowdfunds cash. But is it enough? Steeped Coffee has done a lot of things right, innovated a new way to brew with a patented designed bag, considered sustainability from day one, established credible roasting partners like Cat and Cloud, Bold and Gritty, and Caravan, and put themselves through B Corp certification. Yet financially, the company's performance isn't knocking it out of the park, with sales growth underperforming what I would expect for a company at this stage and a debt burden that is building. The company's latest fundraising is unlikely to be its last, but I wonder if CEO Josh Wilbur should consider a different direction to take the company to the next level. Running a startup is hard, and critics love to take jabs at founders when they have never had the courage to start their own business. I admire entrepreneurs, and I hope this article doesn't come across as personal or critical. Starting a business and growing one takes different skills. Wilbur has done a great job of establishing a brand, building credibility and some impressive revenues from scratch. Taking this up to the next level will probably require significantly more cash than the company has currently raised however. I also wonder if their sales team is performing and what they can do to improve their operating margin to become more profitable with the sales they're making. The company has intellectual property and is innovating in a space with huge market potential, yet is attracting less investor love than traditional coffee chain, Reborn Coffee, which raised $7.2 million through a public listing on the Nasdaq recently. Public listings aren't for everybody, and I know that CEO Wilbur is driven in part by a desire to build an ethical business. But perhaps Steeped Coffee could review its story and approach to financing, with a view to attracting much larger inward investment, and putting the company on a firmer financial footing to give it the space it needs to fulfill its potential. It's okay for Steeped Coffee to be loss-making to date, as it's invested in building operations and a brand. But the company's sales, according to their financial disclosure, are below what you would expect of a company like this at this stage. Sales increased by 30% between 2020 and 2021, while the sales and marketing costs almost doubled from $870,592 to $1,564,520. That doesn't look like a good return on the sales and marketing spend. In addition, the company is carrying a lot of debt and convertible stock, which puts a burden on the business and investors. Steeped Coffee has a mix of different kinds of loans as well as convertible debt. Convertible debt is a favorite investment instrument for early-stage investors who want the security of having debt. Debt holders are paid before equity holders in the case the company goes under, but the flexibility to convert that debt into equity at a value agreed at the time the debt was taken out, often at a discount to the current share price. The company has circa $4.6 million in overall debt that it must furnish which is not a small amount when the company's total net revenue in 2021 was circa $2.9 million, and it made a loss of circa $2.8 million with a growth of around 30%. The company received a 30-year SBA disaster loan in the amount of $141,500 during the year ending December 31, 2020. The company received a loan modification on September 2, 2021 increasing the loan amount by an additional $298,500 to $440,000. This loan bears interest at a rate of 3.75%, has monthly payments of $2,233 beginning 30 months from the date of the note, and matures in 30 years. How the funds will be used Investors want to know how their money will be used, and it's noted a reasonable chunk, 25%. 
is allocated to sales and marketing, although a bigger amount, 40%, is earmarked for working capital. In other words, to keep the lights on. Valuations have always improved. A positive sign of investor confidence however, is that at each round of funding, steeped coffee has increased its valuation, something that is of critical importance. A down round, as famously happened to finance company Klarna, a buy-now-pay-later company, last month, sends alarm bells to investors. Hopefully, the business can start to see some accelerated growth from the new funds being allocated for sales and marketing, and keep a tight rein on costs to boost margins. The time of easy capital raises has passed, and businesses can no longer rely on investors to fund loss-making businesses with the promise of future growth. Kofi Ajapong-Boateng, leader in finance and academia, joins TechnoServe's board of directors. International non-profit TechnoServe announced that Kofi Ajapong-Boateng has joined its board of directors, following a successful vote held at the board's meeting in March. Mr. Ajapong Boateng has had a distinguished career spanning finance, academia, and philanthropy. He currently serves as a non-executive director of the Pembani Remgro Infrastructure Fund, and sits on the main board of Alios Fairfax Partners Corporation, which is listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Previously, Mr. Ajapong Boateng co-founded the corporate advisory firm, First Africa Group, and served as vice chairman at Standard Chartered Bank Group. In the past, he has served as a non-executive senior advisor at Credit Suisse AG. He has also held a number of roles at some of the United Kingdom's most prestigious universities. Mr. Ajapong Boateng is currently based at King's College, Cambridge, and holds a research position at the Centre for Financial History at Cambridge University. Previously, he served on the policy committee at the Centre for the Study of African Economies at Oxford University and was on the board of trustees of SOAS, University of London. In 2020, Mr. Ajapong Boateng was awarded Commander of the British Empire for his contributions to philanthropy. We are thrilled to add a respected leader like Kofi to our board of directors. Across a diverse and successful career, he has shown a commitment to TechnoServe's vision of creating a sustainable world, where all people in low-income communities can prosper said TechnoServe board chairs Rachel Hines and Michael Bush. Buen Café uses avocado seeds in coffee jar lids. Buen Café recently presented its prototype lids for coffee jars as part of its commitment to sustainability. The lids are made of the avocado seed, a biodegradable material that will enable the company to lower the use of plastic in its products. The formula was first created in Mexico by the company Bioface. The lids are made with avocado seeds and bio-based resin, a formula that reduces the environmental footprint. Each lid contains up to 60% of this organic biomass. The benefit of such a lid is that it can decompose in a span of two years. In comparison, regular plastic would need about 500 years to decompose. Additionally, a single dehydrated and processed avocado seed is estimated to allow making two to three lids. This innovative packaging solution is currently in the pilot stage, which is the first step to making the product available on a bigger scale. Buen Café created the prototype in cooperation with some strategy partners, Reduco and Bioface Colombia, and is the result of a joint effort to produce ecological packaging. This initiative shows how innovation at Buen Café is at the service of sustainability, 
to conserve a vital planet, said Christina Madrinen, Director General, Buen Café. The Colombian Coffee Growers Federation, FNC, has operated Buen Café Leofilizado de Colombia since 1973, one of the biggest and most advanced freeze-dried coffee processing facilities in the world. The factory exports 24 million cups of freeze-dried coffee every day to 60 markets in about 40 different countries. 100% of Buen Café's profits are reinvested in public goods and services, including technical aid and R&D for the 540,000 families who cultivate coffee in Colombia. Copycat Stars Coffee takes over Starbucks locations in Russia. Starbucks in Russia has recently been reopened as Stars Coffee by pro-Putin rapper Tamati and restaurateur Anton Pinsky. The pair acquired the rights to the coffee chain in Russia, previously owned by Starbucks and operated by its licensee Alshea Group of Kuwait. Tamati and Pinsky attended the launch of the first of the 130 cafes in central Moscow. As part of its rebranding, the chain's new logo was unveiled by the duo, a woman sporting the traditional Russian Kokoshnik headdress, an image that still closely resembles the original. It won't fool anyone, but the blatant brand theft must be aimed at transitioning previous Starbucks patrons to the new chain. According to the company app, which was released a day before the store's formal opening, the menu would be familiar to any Starbucks customers. The company hopes to trade off the millions in investment that Starbucks made in establishing its brand in the country. We shouldn't be surprised at the move, but whether the new company can operate at scale has yet to be seen. Copying a logo and a menu is one thing, but copying all the business-established operations is going to be harder. We have a chance not just to change the sign, but to make a real live case of a cool import substitution, said Tamati, rapper and entrepreneur. At a press conference held on opening day, the Stars Coffee owners promised to reopen all former Starbucks locations under the new name and expand the business. Since its entry into Russia in 2007, the coffee giant had grown its operations in the country to around 130 stores. The Russian authorities encourage Russian business people to buy out Western companies who are selling their assets at a loss in a rush to the exit after the country's invasion of Ukraine. The intent is to communicate continuity to ordinary citizens who had become used to Western lifestyles at a time when the country is becoming increasingly isolated from Europe and the U.S. Now the economic situation is difficult, but this is a time of opportunity. For the past four months, we have been very actively looking at exiting companies following the example of Starbucks. There are several more similar examples, but we cannot talk about them yet, said Oleg Iskenderov, president of the holding company that partnered in the Starbucks deal, Source, AP. Starbucks said in May that it was leaving the Russian market, joining other well-known Western companies that had already left the country in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Darkwoods Coffee switches to 100% compostable packaging. Darkwoods Coffee has recently transitioned to completely compostable packaging for its coffee in partnership with Parkside. This action is part of the Roasters' pledge to sustainable operations as a B Corp certified company. It is one of the first companies to make such a transition for its hospitality and B2B supplied coffee beans. Completely compostable packaging has been on the company's radar for a while. Established in 2013, Darkwoods Coffee has been on the hunt for the best coffee beans, while also following ESG practices. 
The company achieved B Corp certification in 2020, but it has been moving towards complete recyclability of its packaging, and through actions such as the installment of a composter at the company's roastery, and localized deliveries made entirely by cargo bike or electric van. Moving to compostable packaging is something we have wanted to achieve for a long time. On our journey to making this transition, Parkside stood out as the obvious partner of choice, said Damien Blackburn, director, Darkwoods Coffee. Parkside Packaging Solutions considered the switch as the final piece of the puzzle. Paul McCown, Speciality Sales Director at Parkside, welcomed the partnership, congratulating Darkwoods Coffee for its innovative contribution to making the coffee industry more sustainable. Parkside's Park 2 Nature is a 100% compostable product that doesn't sacrifice barrier effectiveness or print quality. It provides the functionality Darkwoods requires, and it can do the same for any food or drink item. For instance, there are designs available where gas flushing is necessary, making it a solution for applications such as the packaging of fresh produce and fresh or cooked meat. The roaster's previous packaging consisted of the classic PET and PE laminate, which are non-compostable. Park 2 Nature Packaging, on the other hand, offers the same oxygen barrier qualities to keep the coffee fresh while also being an eco-friendly compostable option. We are excited to see what other brands seeking sustainable solutions that also deliver high performance will do next. We are proud to work with such innovative brands and to be positioned at the head of the market, said Paul McCown, Speciality Sales Director, Parkside. When Coffee Supply launches ready-to-drink coffee in the U.S. When Coffee Supply, a U.S.-based Vietnamese coffee roaster specializing in Robusta, recently launched its ready-to-drink coffee based on 100% Robusta coffee beans from Vietnam. The first of its kind in the U.S., the no-sugar Robusta cold brew will be available on Whole Foods shelves. After studying the RTD coffee market in the U.S. for years, I could only find 100% Arabica or nondescript blends. We're excited to show the world the potential of Vietnam's beloved Robusta, said Sarah Nguyen, founder, Nguyen Coffee Supply. Vietnam is the second-largest coffee producer in the world and the top producer of the Robusta variety. Despite this, the country hasn't had a big presence in the specialty coffee market, which Nguyen Coffee Supply hopes to change. Since its inception in 2018, Nguyen Coffee Supply has advocated for Robusta Bean. In addition to being a relatively unknown but delicious brew, Robusta's farming practices are more sustainable and utilize fewer pesticides. Its beans, higher in caffeine content, are lower in fats and sugars. The company started with the ready-to-drink cold brew made of 100% Robusta beans. It buys coffee directly from farmers in Vietnam and roasts it in New York. Nguyen Coffee Supply plans to launch several RTD beverages, the first one being a classic black cold brew made with 100% natural ingredients, no sugar added, dairy-free or vegan, gluten-free and shelf-stable. Robusta has long been discriminated against on the basis of its generally agreed-upon lower quality. Many quality-oriented buyers usually consider Robusta beans as inferior, focusing only on the more beloved Arabica beans. Nguyen Coffee Supply wants to set out to change the narrative, 
educate consumers, and expand the coffee conversation to be inclusive of Robusta. Nguyen Coffee supplies ships across the U.S. but also internationally to Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Ireland, Singapore, and the United Kingdom. The coffee is freshly roasted in a variety of brew styles, including the traditional Café Suda, Vietnamese coffee with sweetened condensed milk and ice, as well as Chemex, French press, drip, espresso, and cold brew. In an industry that is a leading advocate of inclusivity, diversity, and sustainability, it seems almost hypocritical that Robusta beans and farmers have been excluded from the premium markets. However, the pattern has been changing lately, as some Robusta farmers have been producing Robustas that are more pleasant to the palate. Following this trend, companies like Nguyen Coffee Supply can showcase their efforts and coffees to the world. Probat launches new shop roaster, P01. Probat has released a limited first edition of its all-new P01 this week. A digital release event showcasing a first run of P01 machines took place on Probat's YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook channels. As part of the event, nine, one-of-a-kind machines hand-painted by David Salinas of the design company Department of Brewology were released. With the introduction of the new P01, the roasting machine manufacturer offers more options for test roasting and recipe development. The limited edition roasters are designed to reflect the meticulous craftsmanship that is typical of David's work. There are three design lines that take on the themes harvest, geometric, and tropical, and with their sophisticated colors and design elements, turn every roaster into an aesthetic work of art that pays homage to the industry's most valuable resource coffee. The Harvest series features colors and symbols that emphasize the act of hand-picking coffee. The Geometric series depicts a coffee plant's life cycle, while the Tropical series combines tropical floral elements with images of roasting and drink preparation. There was a lot to consider when conceptualizing the designs. Basically, I wanted them to reflect and celebrate coffee culture holistically. So all these designs are centered on cultivation, harvesting, and processing, and I hope they will serve as a constant visual reminder of our connection with the people who often go unrecognized on the other side of the coffee supply chain, said David Salinas, artist. The new electrically powered P01 is a miniature version of the larger members of the P-series roasters, equipped with the same technical features. One of the roasters features, the web-based control system, allows for the safe and automatic reproduction of all stored settings via recipe management. The machine's electric hot air blower provides the same flexibility as a gas burner. It also includes various thermocouples and variable drum speed control to assist master roasters in getting the most out of their coffee beans. With a batch size capacity of 1 kilogram, the P01 enables for grading green bean quality and bettering small quantities of roasted coffee, providing support in quality control and product development processes. We are thrilled to release the new P01 to the market with this limited first edition. In terms of functionality, the roaster is on par with the other models in the P-series and delivers equally outstanding roasting results. In the limited edition version, the P01 is also the perfect visual match for any roastery that has uniqueness in its DNA, said Julian Popping, product manager. Probat. 
Reborn Coffee raises $7.2 million on Nasdaq, with nothing new except magnetized water? Reborn Coffee has completed a successful initial public offering on Nasdaq, raising $7.2 million, of which the company will retain about $6.9 million after paying fees. I dug through the statutory filings on the Nasdaq website. Most of the details discussed in this article can be found in this public IPO filing. I was looking for information about what was different or special about this company that allowed it to raise so much money on a major exchange like Nasdaq. The Reborn Market Prospectus says. We believe Reborn differentiates itself from other coffee roasters through its innovative techniques, including sourcing, washing, roasting, and brewing our coffee beans with a balance of precision and craft. The company, founded by Jay Kim in 2015, currently owns and operates nine retail locations with another to be completed by the end of 2022. The company's revenue last year was about $2.3 million, but it made a massive loss of $3.4 million. The company is rapidly increasing its revenues. In 2020, net revenues were $793,000 and by 2021 they had grown to $2.3 million, but while one might expect operating margins to improve as it scaled, the change was marginal from minus 133% to minus 112%. It makes you wonder how the company is going to become profitable if their margins don't improve as they scale. If you read further down in the prospectus the section on risks, this point is actually referred to by the company as a material risk and it will probably have to raise more cash in the future. This is what the prospectus says on the matter. We have a history of operating losses and negative cash flow. We have incurred recurring net losses, including net losses from operations before income taxes of $565,000 for the three-month period, ended March 31, 2022, and $3.4 million and $1.1 million in 2021 and 2020 respectively. We used $486,000 of cash for operating activities during the three-month period, ended March 31, 2022 and used $1.9 million and $0.9 million of cash for operating activities, during 2021 and 2020, respectively. What I could not find was a reason why this loss-making coffee chain is selling its shares at such a high value. A software company that can scale a digital bits infinitely, often command a high valuation, usually based on a multiple of profit, for example, 15x net profit. But what is the supporting story of an infrastructure company like a coffee shop that loses as much money as Reborn? There is mention of a planned franchise and more B2B business, but no history of execution in this regard. Oddly, the company talks of a cleaner taste through the use of innovative magnetized water at various stages, including washing the green coffee before roasting. I haven't heard about this technique and couldn't find any scientific papers online to support the claims made by the company. Although Reborn Coffee points to their award-winning cold brew as evidence their process is superior. The company may well succeed, but if it does, I doubt it will be on the basis of washing their beans in magnetized water. SCA to hold second, free to attend, Green Coffee Summit The Specialty Coffee Association, SCA, has announced the second Green Coffee Summit, following the success of the first one in 2021. It will continue the programming and content focused on the purchasing and selling of green coffee. The event will be held virtually for free for two days, on October 18 and 20, 2022, featuring presentations, lectures, and panel discussions.
the event will include live content organized according to topic and audience, focusing on two larger geographical markets, North America and Europe. The live summit will feature buyer-focused content such as digitization, equitable value distribution, and coffee purchase ethics and etiquette, as well as panel discussions, lectures, and instructional videos. The seller-focused content comprises market overview videos for the day's geographic region, putting an emphasis on understanding the features that each market values, followed by a live discussion on market insights and characteristics. This is in addition to essential SCA messaging about understanding the attributes of speciality coffee, upcoming changes to the cupping protocol, and providing insights into attributes primed for growth. In line with the live event, the Green Coffee Summit website will serve as a resource platform for anyone working with Green Coffee, which contains a curated list of relevant content across long-form writing, videos, lectures, and podcasts, updated regularly to reflect the most recent changes on a region-by-region -region basis. All live event content will be recorded and added to the Green Coffee Summit collection, along with sessions from the 2021 Green Coffee Summit. With coffee markets changing, green coffee buyers and sellers need the latest independent and neutral information about these markets. We're proud to support the continued development of this event and platform that provides accessible points of reference and tools to better equip green coffee buyers and sellers, said Cosimo Labardo, Specialty Coordinator, Barista Attitude, Title Sponsor of Green Coffee Summit 2022.